Well, we had a fantastic Easter last weekend across our church. We had 21,000 people at all of our campuses, which is amazing. Uh, we had just under three and a half thousand at this campus, which is amazing when you think we started six and a half years ago with 46 people and uh, we had three and a half thousand come for Easter. If we don't have three and a half thousand come this weekend, that means that there are people who think that Easter and Christmas is okay. And it's not. There you go. Again, I'd just like to be straight. I never want people to doubt. Uh, you're meant to be in church all the time and I just hope that the people who came yeah, just experienced Jesus in a new way. They got to hear a message maybe in a different way. And uh, we introduced, you know, Easter is all about, a, about Jesus and understanding Him dying on a cross and rising again is central to our faith and that it allows us to enter into a relationship with Him. But then we're faced with, you know, if you've given your life to Jesus, you are then faced with, well, what does my relationship with Jesus and other people look like now that I'm saved. Because they're actually meant to look different. And so we're about to enter a four week series on relationships. What is our relationship meant to look through the lens of Jesus at different parts of our life? So today I'm talking about what your relationship should be like when you're single and dating and you wanna get married. I was waiting for an amen, I just wanted one. Tyler just self-identified. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> uh, next, the week after that, we're going to talk about how to have a great marriage. Then we're going to talk about mums and dad, not moms. We don't do moms. Moms are at the other campuses. We do mums. Mums and, mums and kids, and then the, which will coincide with Mother's Day. And then the final week will be dads and kids, and that's what we're gonna do. And I can tell you, so today's gonna to be about single and dating. I can tell you it's a PG-13. I only have a little slice in there, but there is definitely some PG-13. So if we have kids, we have a wonderful children's program out there, and which won't be PG-13. And uh, from zero birth through to fifth grade. And uh, so I just wanted to encourage you with that. Um, this is one of those messages where I, as a pastor, get to equip you uh, with whatever you need in your life. That's my job. John 21 says that my job is to feed you and take care of you. And so this is one of those messages. I'm glad that I get to preach this today to be able to equip you. Uh, my, my heart for life is to equip, encourage, inspire and challenge everybody I meet to live their best life for Christ. That's, what, that's my life mission. Uh, if you know me, I've said that to you. I've said it from the platform. It's what I desire to do. Now, I wanted to, before I talk about the, get into the, the, the bulk of the message, I want to say a couple of things. Firstly, I know that some people are married today and you were in a different place with Jesus when you got married. And you're kind of like, man, I wish I hadn't known this stuff before I got married. And it hasn't always worked out the right, and I don't think I'm married to the right one. Let me give you a very simple phrase that will help you know whether you are married to the right one right now or not. If you made a vow, it's God's will now. Okay, that's it. So if you wanna know whether you're with the right one, once you made the vow, they became the right one. Okay, so don't tell me about how you're not happy and you just wanna be happy. You know, hey, listen, Jesus is, is, our life with Jesus is not just about our search for happiness. Our relationship with Jesus is about our search for eternity and a relationship with Him. That's what it's about. Uh, now, does God want you to enjoy life? Of course He does. He's given us all things richly to enjoy, the Bible says. 
Uh, and then there's some things that you shouldn't enjoy. We're going to talk about that at about minute 18. Um, also, if you're single, you don't have to get married. You don't have to. People think, well, I'm single. I'm, I'm not normal if I don't get married. No, uh, most people want to get married. I understand that. But the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7, I wish that men were just like I am, but each man has his own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Now the unmarried, to the unmarried widows, I say it's good for them to stay unmarried as I am. And he says it's a gift. He says like being able to remain single is a gift. Uh, and although it may seem that everybody gets married, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily God's will for your life. Paul did not have to concern himself with the, the efforts of maintaining a healthy marriage because he had to go about God's work with the ministry. And, he, and so he was like, this is what, I, this is what works for me. Uh, on the other hand, some people are just better as a team. You work better in a team and in a marriage team. And both are equally important. It's not like one or the other. Uh, the most important thing in life is not finding a spouse. The most important thing in life is finding Jesus and loving Jesus. And if you've got that, then you're ready to go. Number three, if you're married and you're like, oh, this message isn't for me. Yes, it is. It's for you to help provide you with counsel to people that you know in your life. And it's also to sharpen your marriage because there's gonna be some things where you're like, yep, not doing that. <laughs> Should probably be doing that. So here, here we go. Um, who's single, ready to mingle? <laughs> if you wanna identify yourself right now, I mean, you can stand up if you want, I don't mind, I mean, you know. I was thinking about having everybody stand up and have a look around, but then that's just, that's basically just exacerbating the world's uh, issue of like how you choose somebody. Oh yeah, uh, oh I like, oh I think I could spend it, to, oh no, yeah. No, no, yeah, no I'd like, oh, I'd like to spend eternity. We do it the wrong way. We do it the wrong way. Here's the thing. Um, when it comes to this topic, when it comes to next week, week after, week after that, do you know what we're gonna talk about? Any guesses? I'll tell you, Jesus. That's who we're gonna talk about because everything that we ever talk about, doesn't matter what we're talking about in life, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Everything, everything is found in Jesus and in His Word. And that's what we're gonna look at today. And we're gonna go to it because it's the best thing that we can possibly do. We're gonna look what the Bible says. We're gonna look at a lot of Bible verses. We've already seen one Bible verse, 1 Corinthians chapter seven, uh, which says that singleness is a gift. So if you've ever thought, Pastor Anthony, he seems to have a lot of gifts. I wonder which one he doesn't have. This one. Didn't have the gift of singleness. You know why? I needed a wife. I wasn't good enough to get through life by myself. <laughs> I needed Mandy. Uh, do you know, if you're one of those people who are better as a team and you desire to get married, can I tell you that the very first thing that you have to do is understand that it's all to do with your heart. It's all to do with what you do with your heart and not giving your heart to the wrong person. The best example of this in the Bible is Samson. Samson gave his heart to Delilah because she looked hot. Simple as that. He was a beast. Obviously he'd been working out, he'd been going to the gym. So he's like, I deserve a good looking woman too. You know, the irony is, is that the thing that he was attracted to, through to, to Delilah, was he was attracted to her through his eyes. And they were the things that God took from him in order for him to fulfill God's purpose for his life. 
Don't give your heart to the wrong person. See, when you accept Jesus, you accept him into your heart. And the Bible says in Mark 12, 30, that we need to love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind and might. And that's what we need to do. So when we give Jesus our heart, we have to do it with all our strength. And then we have to guard our hearts. A lot of Christians are not good at, single Christians are not good at this, not good at guarding their hearts. Mark 6 verse 21 says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Proverbs 4, 23 says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. So we have to make sure that when we're living for Jesus, we guard our hearts and we, we're very careful about what treasure we allow in our hearts. Listen, one of the ways that I see single people get hurt the most is this point. They give their heart to the wrong person. They, they allow their heart to go somewhere where they shouldn't. You know why they do it? I'll I tell you why I think they do it. I think they do it because they're lonely. They're fearful of being alone for the rest of their life. And they're like, I just don't wanna be alone for the rest of my life. And then a lot, of, a lot of Christians, single Christians, I honestly think, think that God has forgotten about their desire to be married and that they just need to help him out by just making a choice. And, and I've never seen that play out well. And that's why it's so important for you to understand God has not forgotten you. He's not. And that there are things that you need to do to prepare yourself for marriage. There are things that you, there are signs that you can work out. Okay, how do I know that I'm ready? Then there are what things should I avoid? And then there are what things should you look for? Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of people get this in the wrong order. It, what they do is they go and find somebody, give their heart to somebody, and then say, God, can you make it the right one now? Now, look, I'm all in for a miracle working God, but don't make God have to do a miracle because you made a stupid decision. Don't, don't, don't force him into that position. But if you, if you have and you've gotten married and, and, and you, you've got regrets, listen, the best is yet to come. So, so you've got to look forward to what God can do. But if you're in a position where you've still got a choice, can I, can I encourage you to protect your heart? Don't get it in the wrong order. Because once, let me tell you something. When you give your life to Jesus, you can't take it back to find a spouse. You've given it to Him. So you've got to trust Him with it. Now, here's some tips on preparing yourself, okay? I'm gonna have a lot of notes and we'll have this message uh, posted. You'll be able to watch this later on and, and uh, take even more notes. I have a lot of scripture today. It's a very much teaching message on this particular topic, uh, but I, I really want you to get a hold of what the Bible says in every one of these points. Uh, you have to desire the will of God for your life. When you're preparing yourself for one day spending uh, the rest of your life with a partner, then you need to make sure that you desire the will of God for your life. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord in all things. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. If you don't acknowledge Him in this area, He can't direct you. So all of a sudden you're going to make poor choices. Number two, you've got to practice obedience. It takes obedience to give your life to Jesus. You have to practice obedience to live for Him. It's an ongoing thing. Luke 9, 23 says this, Then Jesus said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. You have to follow Jesus every day. You've got to wake up. Didn't get what I wanted yesterday. Wake up. Didn't get what I wanted yesterday. 
Wake up, didn't get what I wanted yesterday. Wake up, didn't get what I want. Doesn't matter. Every day you lay down your cross and you live for Jesus. It's really, really simple. And let me say this to you. Follow Jesus, not your heart. People say, you know, when it comes to relationship, just follow your heart. Just, follow, just go with your heart. I just won't let you down. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Let me tell you what won't let you down. Jesus. Follow Jesus. Follow what the Word says. You're good to go. Number three, you have to have, when you're preparing, you've got to make sure you've got friendships with Christians. 1 John verse 1 says this, If we say that we have fellowship with Jesus, but we walk in darkness, then we're lying. We don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. If you're hanging out with non-Christians, how do you think you're going to find a Christian spouse? It's just not going to happen. Now, I'm not saying the rule is when you become a Christian, just immediately send an email or a Facebook message. If you're not a Christian, you're not my friend anymore. Okay, don't do that. That's a bad plan. But I do say to people, when you first give your life to Jesus, you know, and you've got 10 friends, six of them should be Jesus-loving Christians. The majority should be Jesus-loving Christians. Now, I'll tell you what will happen, is that the more you mature as a Christ follower, the higher that number will go. Not because you will fall out of love with non-Christians, but they won't become your intimate friends. That just won't be, uh, you know why? Because you're heading in different directions. You have a different trajectory. One has a trajectory towards eternity. One has a trajectory towards, I just want to make the most of life now. And so you're heading in different places. And so that's why you've got to have Christian friends in your life. Number four, you've got to let the Holy Spirit lead you. Romans 8, 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. It's not an option when you're a child of God to not be led by the Holy Spirit. Can't do it. So you have to learn this is part of your preparation. Uh, This is part of you getting ready. Now listen, The Holy Spirit, the Bible says um, that when the Holy Spirit spoke to Elijah in 1 Kings 19, it said that he spoke to him in a small, still voice. The Holy Spirit will whisper to you. The Bible will yell at you. (laughs) If you want to know which one will do which. But the Holy Spirit, you've got to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, small, still voice. Now, you know what a lot of single people do? This is how they, this is how they pray. God, if you would just give me a spouse, I promise I'll never ask for anything ever again. Yes, you will. <laughs> I promise. As soon as you have a baby and it's, it's up all night, you're going to be like, God, just help me with this child. I'll never ask for anything else. <laughs> Somebody said amen. So here's the thing is that What we have to do is have an opportunity to listen, which means you have to stop talking, stop praying. You have to trust that God has heard your prayer. He wasn't deaf when you prayed it. He understands it. Number five, you've got to honour God with your body. I'm going to talk about purity. I'm going to talk about sex and sex where it belongs from a Bible perspective. And I'm just going to be, can I be really honest with you as a pastor to our church? I wish more people would stand up for purity. In fact, I'm calling our church to a higher level of holiness in this area. I'm calling you to a higher level of biblical holiness when it comes to this. Now, I'm not saying that you're a bad person. If, if you're even a Christ follower and you're having sex outside marriage, what I'm saying is call yourself to a higher standard because that's what the Word of God says. And it's my job as a pastor. If I'm gonna equip you, I have to challenge you. Whether you like it or not is irrelevant to me. 
My point is I want you to live a life worthy of the Lord, which is what Ephesians says. That's what our walk should look like. And, and you know why? Because let me tell you, sex is like fire. Inside a marriage, it will keep you warm. Outside of a marriage, it will burn you alive. First Corinthians chapter six says this, run from sexual sin. This is the Bible yelling at you, by the way. Okay, this is not a small, still voice now. This is just a very blunt, stop it. Run from sexual sin because no other sin clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realise, don't you realise that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You don't belong to yourself for God bought you with a price. So you must honour God with your body. Now, If you're in this position today and you're listening to this message and you're having sex outside marriage, that's okay. You can repent, say sorry, ask forgiveness and turn to Jesus. But then you have to run. Now, how do you run from this when you read this verse? Okay, now I'm an Australian. Is that a surprise to anybody? (laughs) In Australia, what are we known for? We're known for having every animal that can kill you in less than three minutes. We have the top 10 spiders, snakes, like whatever will freak you out, we've got them in Australia, okay? Um, so I wanna ask a question and uh, let's, let's not put the photo up just yet. How many people are scared of spiders? Yeah, let's put the photo up. We have the top 10 deadliest spiders in Australia. This is not one of them. This one can't even kill you, it's called a huntsman. It's in almost every home in Australia. We just get used to them. They're just there. How many people now not going to Australia? <laughs> just removed it from your bucket list. Yep. <laughs> now, what did you do when you saw that? I heard you. You all went, <gasps> grown men like Shane. <laughs> people that's just are freaking out. Six foot five, Dave, he got all scared. He's still talking to his wife about it now. He's not even paying attention to what I'm saying. <laughs> He's so freaked out by the spider. Do you know, what do you do? Now, if you walked into a house and you saw that spider, what would you do? You would run. Now, would you do this? Would you be like, oh, there's a fairly deadly looking spider. I'll just slowly and casually walk away from it. That's what I will do. I shall just walk casually. Now, I've seen some of you see a spider that's the size of a pinhead. Ah! And that's just Max. Listen, we need to have the same reaction to sexual sin. Honestly, you've got to see it and then just run like crazy. Get out of there, take the photo down before people need healing. (laughs) Listen, sex ties you to your partner. And if you walk away from sex outside marriage, walk away, it will suck you back in. That's why you've got to run. Now, let me just be super clear on this. There is not one Bible verse. There is not one cultural reference that you can send me an email to and say, well, I think sex outside marriage is okay. You are deceived. You are wrong. It's just, you just, I don't know how else to tell you. Now, I'm not trying to say you're bad. I'm just saying you're deceived. So you've now got to make a decision. Okay, what am I going to do with that? I'm gonna turn now that I know that that's not how I'm meant to live, I need to stop it. And I wanna say to our young people today, if you haven't, if if you're still in a position where you're in control of this in your life, make good choices. 
Make good choices, you have an opportunity. Doesn't mean that if you, if you make a poor choice, you can't come and ask for forgiveness. Of course you can, but if you've got the power right now, make good choices. Then you've got to remember that it's God who gives you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, as an immature believer, you can think that verse means, well, if I just delight in God, He'll give me all the things I desired before I became a Christian. <laughs> That's not what it means. It means as you mature as a Christ follower, God gives you what you should desire. He puts in your heart the things that you now need to desire to run after Him. And that's what we need to do. So how do you know when you're ready? Well, three easy steps. The Bible's so easy on this. It's not a hard one. How do you know when you're ready to get married? Well, you'll know when your identity is all about Jesus and not in trying to find a spouse. 1 Corinthians 2.2, Paul said, I've determined to know nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. When you're determined to only know Jesus, that's when you'll know you're ready. You'll know you're ready when you seek Jesus more than anything or anybody else. Philippians 3 verse 13, I forget the things that are behind and I reach out for the things that are ahead. With this goal in mind, I strive toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Number three, You'll know you're ready when you can love yourself. The Bible says, love your neighbour as you love yourself. It's so, so hard for every person. But how will you love a future spouse if you can't love yourself? You have to learn how to love yourself. That means you've got to deal with your junk. You've got to go through freedom. You've got to go through counselling. You've got to make sure that you're ready to go because you, you are prepared. Here's some things you should avoid. Number one, you should avoid settling. Settling. Romans 12.2 says, don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn how to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing and perfect. God has the best for you. Don't settle for second best. Simple as that. Number two, do not focus on appearance too much. One Bible verse, Proverbs 11, 22, a beautiful woman who lacks discretion is like a gold ring in a pig's nose. Do I need any more? Number three, avoid doing life alone. Proverbs 12, 15, fools think that their own way is right, but the wise listens to others. If you've got no others in your life, who's going to help you? This is why you need Jesus loving others in your life. Now, fourth thing to avoid, this is just for ladies, okay? This is single ladies, okay? Just for you, you get to own this point. Avoid bad boys. <laughs> oh, I just like bad boys. He's got tattoos. Like, that's cool. If you've got tattoos, it doesn't make you a bad boy. Pastor Clinton's got tattoos. He's not a bad boy. Portia would never have married him. Yeah. But so many girls are attracted to the bad 
But you know what the Bible? What does the Bible say about this exact topic? Proverbs 24, do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. For their hearts devise violence and their lips talk of trouble. If you like bad boys, stop it. Do you like my teaching style? <laughs> okay, uh, so as we wrap up here, what should you look for? Now, a lot of people would think that this should be the bulk of the message, but it's actually just the closing. And I'll tell you why, because it's actually really easy. It's really, really simple. Now, before I get into what the Bible says, I'm gonna tell you what my pa, my grandfather, man of God, he was a preacher. This is what he told me. He said, Anthony, I think that the right spouse for you should be attractive in four ways. He said, I think they should be physically attractive to you. Don't matter what other people think, but they should be physically attractive. Now don't concentrate on looks. He said, but I really don't think God wants you to be repulsed by the person you're gonna be married to for the rest of your life. <laughs> Number two, he said, they, you should be mentally attracted to how they think. Like it should be attractive to you. He said, thirdly, you should be spiritually attracted to them. Like attracted to the journey that they're on for God. Attracted to the journey that they're on for Jesus. It should be attractive to you. He said, and then fourthly, he said, you should be financially attracted to them. Not attracted to how much money they've got, but attracted to how they handle money. What do they do? It should be attractive to you. Um, so that's what Pa said. Yeah, that's just for free. What does the Bible say? Two things very simply. Number one, look for somebody who also believes that Jesus is their Lord and Saviour. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14, do not become partners with those who do not believe. For what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness or what fellowship does light have with darkness? So if you are a Christian, I'm just gonna help give you some very, I'm gonna bring clarity here. If you're a Christian, the Bible says, don't go and try and find a non-Christian and then go, God, please make him a Christian because he's really cute. Don't do that. Bible says, don't do that. Now, if that's what you did, okay? Speaking to married people and you are now married and you made the vow and it's God's will now. I wanna join you in prayer for your spouse to find Jesus. Okay, I, I just wanna pray that the Holy Spirit will somehow just speak to your spouse and just allow them to see that Jesus loves them, cares for them, has a purpose and a plan for them. I, 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 Jesus does not want you to be abandoned spiritually, okay? And so I, I wanna encourage you with that. But the second thing is when you say, what should I look for? You should look for somebody else who also understands Mark 12, 30. Somebody else who says, I love the Lord my God, with all my heart, my soul, my mind, and my might. We're a young girl from our campus here, and she found, like many people, found their, their, their spouse online, and I have no issue with that. As long as, you know, the Jesus filter is there, I'm, I don't mind, you know. Um, some of our best friends found their partners online. No issue with that. But one of the young ladies from our campus, she put on her profile. If you're not a real Christian, don't call me. And I'm only interested in somebody who loves Jesus more than anything else. That's what your heart should be. That's what you should be looking for. That should be your goal. 
Because the bottom line with everything is one word, Jesus. There's no more important relationship in your life than Jesus. Whether you're single, married, divorced, in an unhealthy marriage, in a healthy marriage, it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's it. You know, I, in my 20s, I so wanted to be married. I grew up in, in a home where I didn't really have a model of, of what a, a husband and wife should look like because my mother was so mentally ill that uh, she was, you know, I had to leave our home when I was 11. It was not a pleasant childhood from that perspective. And I, and I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be part of a normal family. I just wanted to have a wife and do what I saw other people do and have. I just wanted that. And in my 20s, I dated good Christian girls. They were not bad, but they were just people I wanted to be married to because I wanted to be married. And I got dumped four times in my 20s. Wow, took, took a while. Sympathy wasn't exactly flowing there. Four times. Every time I cried. Every time, but I, did, I never said to God, why? Honestly, I I never did it. It hurt, but I never asked that question. I just had to weeping and in weeping say, God, I trust you. This hurts, but I trust you. This hurts, but I trust you. And then God gave me Mandy. Somehow, somehow she said yes to this. Have you seen her? Jesus had the best for me. Stop thinking that you need to help Him out. So I have two challenges for you today. The first challenge is gonna be to those people who this message applies to, particularly to single people, dating people, looking to get married. And then the second challenge, and Pastor Drake's gonna come up and give this challenge, is he's gonna give a challenge and an opportunity for you to enter into the most important relationship in this life, which is a relationship with Jesus. Because the most intimate relationship you should have, Jesus. The most important relationship in your life, Jesus. The only thing that'll get you to heaven, Jesus. The only person that died for you, Jesus. The only person that cares for you unconditionally, Jesus. And so if you don't know Jesus, you're gonna get an opportunity today. Single, married, doesn't matter who you are. If you're in this room and you don't know who Jesus Christ is, your Lord and Saviour, Pastor Drake's gonna give you that opportunity. But right now I wanna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes because I wanna pray for those people who are single and dating. And this has struck a nerve with you this morning and it struck a nerve with you for one reason. And that is because you have trusted God with your eternity, but you don't know how to trust Him with finding a spouse. And you struggle with that. So if that's you, Nobody's looking around. I really want this to be a private moment. Just, just lift your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out, but just lift your hand. Father, you see the hands lifted all across this place. I pray, Lord, for a trust, Lord, to just be instilled in every single one of these people, Lord. A peace that passes all understanding, that somehow, God, that they will have a confidence that you know You know the desires of their heart. You know what they want to achieve for you. And God, that they would just trust You in this. They would have the ability to say, thank You, Jesus, for the life that You have given me. God, I pray, Lord, that You would just bless them. You'd allow them to feel Your unconditional love. And God, that You'd allow them to sense Your presence. In Jesus' Name, I pray. Amen.